Hi, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, I'm joined by Chad Davis, co-founder and partner at Live CA. Chad got into accounting at a very young age when he worked with his aunt, who was a bookkeeper at his grandfather's topsoil plant. And after being exposed to how money moves around in a company, Chad decided that accounting was for him. He co-founded Live CA LLP. He now leads the development team at Live CA and works on building new tools for the firm and its customers. He travels around the world in his RV with his family. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the amazing Chad Davis. Chad, I miss you, man. I miss you. I miss you too. I know it's been years. Remember your house and the barbecue you had and the view? Holy cow, the view. Do you miss that? I, I do miss the view. I do miss the view and the aspect and the outlook of what we had there. That was the saddest bit to leave. But uh, there was a lot of reasons that we sort of, we had some amazing times and amazing parties. And, you know, we've still got probably some of our best friends from that era but yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest and may as well be honest and transparent, you know, Carbon was sort of struggling for a year or two and that put a huge strain on uh, finances and the property taxes in California and particularly around Marin uh, made it um, uh, very difficult to sort of uh, keep going. And, and so and also lifestyle, Mill Valley is a very interesting place, very interesting <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, were, we were sort of struggling a bit and so made the move up north to Tahoe and, and haven't looked back. We love it up here. Thanks. What's your favourite part about the move? Oh, probably the summers, I think, out, out on mm. the boat and family time and seeing the kids with their friends in unstructured play, you know, like kids get sort of structured to the, within an inch of their lives these days and I think um, sort of can hamper growth a bit and... Uh, so, you know, when they're out skiing in winter or, or surfing behind the boat in summer, and I think it, well, I hope that it creates independent, resilient girls and women in particular, which are our two oldest and, and eventually a well-adjusted well three-year-old today. And that's our theory anyway. And I'll tell you in 15 years whether it works. <laughs> Even that if you can. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir of the, uh, the non-traditional schooling and upbringing group. <laughs> Definitely happy with uh, the decisions we've made there too. Tell me more about that. So my daughter is 10 now, but when she grew up, her first school was public school, kindergarten. Then grade one, she did private school. And then we left in the RV when she was in grade two. I mean, she's in grade five now. So she's spent the majority of her, of her schooling mm -hmm. days unstructured, trying different teachers, trying different schools, interest-based learning, learning to draw, just the things that you'd hope a kid would learn and, and latch on to. And I really, I'm thankful that she spent the first couple of years in school. That, that structured um, reading, I mean, just incredible. It was what got her going, and then she, she took <laughs> off and, and did what she wanted to afterwards. But we have, a, we have another little boy. He's, uh, he's six. His name's Charlie. And he's a little slower on the uptick because he's known nothing except for 
this trailer essentially his whole life. <laughs> so he, <laughs> it's hard for him to get that structure that she got to. So he's just a little bit behind on the reading, but he's picking it up on his own pace. And we've got a couple different online schools we're into and self-paced schools and apps. And like anything, you spend some time on it and you get better if it's somewhat interesting. So kudos to these programs that can keep users on a monthly subscription on a school curriculum because it's so easy to change. Yeah. And when you when you've got their yeah. 20 to 100 dollars a month and attention for over a year, you know you've got something good. So we're pretty happy with a couple of the tools we're using now. Would you consider your kids homeschooled or <laughs> I don't know, geographically just... diverse? <laughs> <laughs> I think words are important, but I'm not sure what the right <laughs> words are for what they're doing is. Yeah, you'd call it homeschooled. There's a lot of labels out there like unschooling. That's not what we're doing. And a mm, whole bunch of others yep. that might fall on the uh, the alternative scale a little bit uh, a little bit heavier. But we're trying to get the core, you know, math, sciences, language, arts stuff just kind of dealt with, <laughs> and anything extra like reading and interest based classes is is what we're really pushing them. So like my daughter is in taking public speaking classes because she's terrified of it and she wants to get better. Oh wow! And um, improv. Oh, that's nice improv for seven to 10 year olds oh wow yeah and like uh, acting classes like it's really just to be comfortable again with something you're uncomfortable with so we're trying to say like like one uncomfortable course for one really comfortable course yeah yeah well it's it's the debate around work or you know expand your strengths or lessen your weaknesses right but does she love the spotlight or is that not something she's comfortable with mm-hmm not comfortable with it. So she wouldn't be a good CEO of Carbon. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Maybe she would. Oh, if you find one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking I, of that, I mean, you've had to keep that quite tight-lipped, that big raise for a while. What have the last few weeks been like for you? The first word that comes to mind is probably pride or, you know, proud. Proudness, I think that's the plural. Just so thrilled for the team that our perseverance and resilience has, is paying off and We've created an amazing and an enormous opportunity for ourselves. We're, in Dave's words, market leader, and we find ourselves in a position where the incumbents have sort of forgotten how to write software. And this happens in every industry, and we're just lucky that hopefully over the next couple of years we can really take advantage. I don't want it to be about us. I, you know, I love you and, and all our customers equally. And <laughs> yeah, the, You're you all know, our favorites. Our, <laughs> our hypothesis that we commenced with is, you know, it still holds true today, which is accountants ultimately underserved and primarily used as a channel to your clients, right? Like you, you get sold to, or to, correct me if I'm wrong, you get sold to 10 times a day. You know, easily, to try and, easily ten, uh, easily for ten. Ac- you know, f- easily ten times a day for access to your amazing client base, right? And what's in it for you? Like, occasionally one might make your life a bit easier, but nine out of ten, I imagine, they're just uh, trying to create a channel where um, you know make their life easier, not yours. Am I off base? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking about all these cheesy computer-generated gifs and pictures that these. These like sales enablement systems are throwing out these days trying to get cold calls. It's just, it's getting to a point where it's almost comical and you kind of want to get them to see what they're putting out next. Yeah. <laughs> How many of those do you get? 
about 40 a day. But uh, <laughs> the irony is nobody picks up the phone anymore, right? Like email selling is dead. You cannot sell a single thing through cold email unless it's a miracle, right? Because no, nobody reads it. If you even read it and it's unlucky to not to be filtered out, you know, like you, you, you can't hit delete quick enough, right? Who's got time for that shit? No one loves it. I don't know. What was the last thing you bought off of an ad? <laughs> I was going to ask you the exact same thing. What was the last thing you bought off a cold email? I can't even, oh, I can't even remember. I don't know. Maybe like a, a $20 uh, LinkedIn tool or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I got um, one of those Ridge wallets that you see off of Instagram ads all the time and TikTok ads. Those little wallets that hold you know six to eight cards and you can pop them out with your finger and they can sit in your pocket because all my cards were going bad they're just rubbing up against each other so it's my advertising thing that worked how much was the wallet they probably paid 30 dollars for your click <laughs> well come on you know how this works you take the name and you search yourself and then you find the right one that you want and then no one yes yeah, affiliate yeah. Revenue. and <laughs> Unless it's your competitor, right? I, the number of ads I've clicked on for Canopy is, is uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Stuart, like, who has time for that? Yeah, well, only if they, uh, every now and again, I'll get retargeted, right? So That's funny. It's just my um, duty to make sure that their, uh, you know, retargeting attributes are, are, uh, are increasing. <laughs> is this what they say RPA is for? Like a, a real good, real world use case of some bots? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cause your competitor probably do us a disservice in the end. If I jack up their uh, oh, uh, yeah, link the cost, price probably per click for the industry would go up. By in inference, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to send theirs to a thousand like a random company that go didn't... broke too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Somebody that annoyed great. you in a past life, that's okay. It's all right. You know, in this world, I think you've got to stay positive. You don't... Uh, that's right. We don't worry... Um, Probably like you, we don't worry what other people are doing. We just focus on what we're doing and uh, make spent, sure that uh, we're giving, offering the best. Yeah, the best service. I was going to say, I spent today on a call for about an hour with a potential lead, and about 10 minutes in, we could tell it wasn't the right fit. Right? We would have needed to charge twice what they were looking to pay, and they had some really good offers from some local firms. And uh, we probably spent 30 minutes crafting the right questions to go ask the other firms and which they should prioritize, <laughs> which not. So it was a really good session. Here's how you go to our competitor. <laughs> there you go. You should charge a thousand bucks for them to pick the right firm. Uh, it's like buying friends. I'm sure they appreciate your transparency. and on, Yeah, buying friends. Well, there, there you go. There's a question for you. If they've come into your funnel... A little bit unqualified can you improve your funnel optimization so you improve the quality coming through to calls i mean look look who i'm talking to this is the king of knowing every single possible app in the world i always looked up to you for that Stuart. <laughs> but i'll tell you what <laughs> you, we uh we tried not to take a funnel algorithmic approach to this and allow everyone to contact us mm -hmm. and then we can then push them out warmly to the right people and we found that that creates a better experience for our reputation and for them and i mean if people want to get their password reset because they think we're hotmail or something we'll ignore that or provide them with a little text <laughs> expander snippet but most likely <laughs> if we do end up 
taking somebody on as a call, it's fine and it's great. So we don't, we actually don't mind the extra communication in the beginning, but again, over the years, it's, mm. it's mostly been emails and canned email responses to certain mm. types of things instead of automating it because you just, you never know who's on the other side of those and your whale who has a $20 million company mm. that mm. sends the one liner email that just says looking yeah, 15 for 15 of them help. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're, and then you Google yeah. them and you're like, Oh, and like, there's only so much clear, but can do right? grand customer. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, so that's that's the thing. Enough. Yeah. What sort of inbounding or level of inbound inquiry do you typically field in a week or a month? And tell me to piss off if I'm, you know. No, no. I, you don't want to give these. <laughs> we have all the stats and stuff inside of Airtable. So here you go. Give me a second. It's loading up. All right. So over the last seven days, we averaged 8.8 .8 leads a day. Not bad. Yeah, right. That's up and there. And then yep. over the last month... We've averaged 7.9 leads a day. So again, it seems like it's picking up a bit, but we only mm -hmm. take on a few customers yes. a month. So the majority of them are, are sent to other firms and, and other resources. You should start up an affiliate program for all your competitors. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but maybe that already exists. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. I'm behind the curve. Mm -hmm. How else do you think we... We should do, yeah, no, I, I, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Your story is inspiring and uh, hugely successful and just a, an amazing model for the industry. And you've done enormous service to the industry in terms of proving that, that your remote and cloud-first approach is not only works but is best in class. Why don't we start at the start? How did you... What was the founding story for the firm? And was there an aha moment that this is going to work? <laughs> when we started at the end, we just surpassed a hundred yeah. people. Congratulations. The new, yeah, the, you, you know what that's like. The new departments <laughs> we're pushing out are, are having some really great impacts on the livelihoods of the existing team members. And we're starting to get to have similar aha moments like we did Back in 2012, that's when Josh and I both started our own independent companies. Mine was April 2012, and his was right around the same time. And then we had operated for a little less than a year with our own companies and just doing our own thing. And uh, mm. about January 2013, we had met through Will Lopez, of all people, and ended up connecting. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much just the rest, the rest is history. And with... A lot of great people along the way that have made Live CA what it is today is, uh, you know, there's sincere and, and huge thanks to everyone who's still here uh, that has been there from the early days and to those that have departed and still made their mm. mark. Yeah. And what was the approach when you sat down with your co-founder and sort of said, okay, this is what we're going to do? What philosophies sort of were talked about or valued? We didn't know what we were doing. So when it comes to, you look to people who you think have their stuff together, right? And I think that like we're, we're all guilty of that. And it's the right thing to do. So we ended up essentially saying the aha moment well, was the, tech and tax. I, 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 so tech and tax, yeah. Well, back 2012, yeah. you didn't have, there was so few 
firms that had proved, well, no firms that had really proven out the model, right? I mean, you and a couple of others in Aussie were groundbreaking. Yeah, I mean, there was, yeah, you could name the few. There was Blake doing his thing and there was Guy doing his thing. And so a lot in New Zealand, actually. Like, remember DJCA and all those yep. guys and <laughs> side Sidekick yep, early yep, days? Yep, yep, yep. Change yep, and yep. Uh, Right Way. Yeah. Yeah, Greg and yep. Paul, yep. and then and so like you got Melanie over there, yep. and yeah, and Steph, like yep. all your friends. So we ended up yep. chatting yep. with with friend of Carbon, Mister Jason Blummer, and he introduced Josh mm-hmm. and I to the whole options pricing game, and you could say that from day one that influenced us a lot, and we. Uh, just kind of went with fixed pricing and under the guise of a little bit of value mm. pricing since day one. And then yeah, we had uh, always kind of worked from my basement. Well, I did. And then Josh worked from wherever he was. And then yeah, we never really ever had an office. So it was just everybody that the first person we ever had to let go, Josh and I flew to Toronto and took the poor guy out to like Tim Hortons afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> we we love you. Here's a free coffee. All the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's funny the things you learn doing that remotely for so. The most expensive uh, termination you've done with a flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, I, I remember a really great customer for a long time with us uh, was in downtown Toronto, and he. Uh, had a year's worth of receipts that he needed to scan. So I ordered a Fujitsu scanner to his house before the flight landed. I flew from Halifax uh, yeah, yeah. to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, I stayed there for yeah. three days and I scanned. I'll never forget that. that <laughs> Putting was... paper into a scanner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the early days of uh, cloud Fujitsu firms. scanner again, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, let's well, just say it was the last time that ever pre, happened. Yeah, up there. There's probably pre-HubDoc, pre-Receipt Bank, right? It was pre-HubDoc for sure. It was not pre-Receipt Bank because Receipt yeah. Bank existed. Remember when Michael and whatever, they, they took it over right Alexis, around 2012-ish, yeah. right? Or, or earlier, maybe 2010. Yeah. I forget when they took it over, but it was pretty small. And I, I remember I was in the Cayman Islands working – with the company I was with then. And I had, I had a call with Receipt Bank to say, hey, I'm thinking about coming to Canada and introducing Zero, And I'd like to introduce Receipt Bank along with this. What can we do? Mm. And they mm-hmm. had nobody in Canada. It was Sophie, Alexis, and Michael. And Nelson oh, hadn't yeah, even yeah, started yeah, yet. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> And yeah. uh, it was just, it was great. And like... They helped me through. They they thought I was nuts to think I could just do this by myself, and they were right for a while. But then, as soon as we started bringing in, you know, yeah, twenty yeah. subs and fifty subs and a hundred subs, they're like, oh, yeah. maybe not. Oh, hang on a sec. This guy was perhaps making it up, and now he's not. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. So yeah, early days. I I do kind of miss that where you have such a mm-hmm. connection to what's being built. And I guess mm. I've got, you know what this Unroll Me subscription might be? It's a little service where you can add emails to a, a daily or a weekly roundup through their app. And then it just kind of gives you one email. I haven't added carbon to those, 
And the email that you just sent out today was a good example. If anybody's taking newsletter hints, yours is really good because it gives you everything at the top and then it gives it to you in nice headers and it's not too long and you can digest it inside of 20 seconds to see if you like it or not. So you definitely have some good people making those things up. Well, uh, that's kudos. That's Jess in uh, Melbourne. And since she arrived, she's taken over that and um, has done an amazing job led by Lockie. And we've always taken an authentic approach, perhaps is the best description to our content. You know, we don't want to tell you how to suck eggs and (laughs) do your job, but we think we have a valid opinion about the industry and where we can, and, and our place in it and where we can add value and help improve your life and the lives of our customers. And and that's kind of the impact that we have. And content is our voice should show through in our content, in our app, in our marketing, in our events. And and that's the, you didn't even ask a question, but that, that's the long answer to hopefully why our content is so good. <laughs> yeah. It just reminds me of like, it's nice to get those updates, but it also is nice to get the technical updates too. So when you log into the app and you get to see the notices in the bottom right every once in a while, it's nice to see that. Hopefully it's, it, it'll be more frequent than once in a while. What's Pretty else? soon yeah. we're you know, looking to increase releases to sort of once a week and then eventually sort of perhaps even as often as we like. It's a lot of infrastructure change and uh, you know, there's, the app's getting so big now and, and we've got eight product teams by the end of the year and, and they want to be able to release as often as they can. So there's a lot of change going on this year in under the hood. Would you say that's why it's not an easy answer to say, I'd like to release this endpoint on the API, or I'd like to just release this one feature because there's a lot of technical (laughs) cleaning that you want to do before that goes out? Yeah. I'm not involved in release cycles, but I, I have a, sci- a compute comp side degree. I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, we're, our release cycles are a, a fair bit of overhead at the moment. You know, there's it's every three weeks and we wrap up all the code that's sort of done in the previous three weeks and we bundle all that together and we have to test it all. And, you know, it goes through a couple of releases on different environments to ensure that hopefully nothing's going to break. There's also data migration that we go through. So today, as we speak, it's hard to release a line of code. Not impossible, but hard. I mean, we want to get to a stage where it's really easy. You know, it's just sort of automated testing, automated releases, very efficient and effective release process, managed. We've got six data centers now, Chad. Like, you can't just release in, or you can, but (laughs) it's not effective to sort of release in Canada and not in the US, right? Like, we've got a single code base for every customer and and it works for some green giants in the early 2000s (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so there you go that's the answer as to why it's sometimes a little bit frustrating to get small things out (laughs) yeah it must be frustrating i guess that's right because all you hear is is the customers and unfortunately sometimes it's the loud ones that you hear of the most what are you excited to start the the vocal minority right (laughs) yeah that's it's horrible so I only try to send maybe one email a year asking for something. When you think about the next yeah, we, we, few, we appreciate uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> the next few months, I guess, what are you excited to release there? Oh, uh, yeah, well, lots and lots. So, firstly, the the primary goal for the year is to finish the you know the traditional practice management platform, right? So, 
we're pretty good at work. Well, we're very good, I think. As, I don't think that's too hard to yeah, to say. You know, around the the workflow management, the e- email integration. You know, client communication isn't too bad. The lead process is okay. You know, scheduling, budgeting, time is pretty comprehensive. And but that's only about a third of, or you know, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, three eighths of practice management, maybe. So we are hiring. We're tripling our product development team this half of the year from three teams to six and then eight by the end of the year. And so we've done an enormous amount of research on invoicing, billing. So you'll be able to go from essentially the whole customer life cycle before the end of the year. So from lead to work scheduling, budgeting, time recording, if you want to do it, if you don't want to do it, it's fine. A combination of fixed fee and time-based invoicing, 80% of the customer base is a a multi-billing approach. Uh, invoice right on right off invoice presentment and ultimately payments or at least integration with payments we don't want to take away from the experience that pi and go proposal do it's they're not you know they're not not mutually exclusive if you want to use that that's great we love that Mm -hmm. if you want to use ours that's great we love that too so the ar integration into the general ledger into into its first and uh into the qbo product for others that we don't integrate to will be a journal just a, a monthly journal, which arguably is actually easier. But um, I was so, going to say, you if know, you by the end of the year, you'll be able to s- expose it. <laughs> that would be nice, and then people that may yeah. want to write their own integrations could do that. <laughs> we, yeah, we're, we're, oh, yeah. I would love to, to, you know, have a very comprehensive development platform that anybody can sort of write up against. And then the other thing that it's that I'm really excited about, and hopefully we can. Uh, well, the the plan is. Um, I'm giving away um, all my secrets now, but uh, at CarbonX in June here in Lake Tahoe, we want to release the first phase of the Carbon Industry Cloud, which is called Carbon Practice Intelligence, which hopefully will answer all the tough questions that uh, practices want to ask and have never been able to to resolve easily. So things like, uh, what are my most profitable customers? Who are my most productive employees? What is my realization, utilization, if you want to know that? Churn upsell, cross-sell opportunities. If you want to look at your your firm like a SaaS business, we're, we're all over that. <laughs> That's really interesting. I mean, and, and just, it would be really nice to have those data points available for us to run our own analysis on too. So that if you're providing the carbon data, we can provide the non-carbon data and come up with some pretty interesting, exactly. compelling information. I mean, that, that did bring me to like, exactly. not the, the necessary reason why we're chatting today, but it's, I remember last year, there was some emails back and forth between us and uh, you were really excited about the new people that were coming on to help uh, sort of work with the API and to help with partners and to start exposing some stuff. How are you feeling about that progress? Behind, <laughs> but uh, we'll catch up. It's, you know, like, like anything, it's, uh, Hiring's hard globally for accountants and for software companies. But, you know, we, as you know, we just added a fair bit, fair bit of cash to the bank and pretty confident that we can compete in mainly the Sydney market with the best of them and, and offer a pretty compelling mm. employee experience. So we seem to be doing well at attracting more and more product and, and engineering and design. And, and we've, we've actually opened an office in Halifax, of all places, to uh, work, work on that product, the Carbon Practice Intelligence product. So that's doing a great job and building a team up there and maybe in Toronto or Waterloo as well where uh, we're going to find the Canadian talent, right? So, 
Do you know I was from Halifax? No, no, I didn't. But uh, you can go and see Sadat and sit down with him and say, this is what I want. <laughs> You'll love me so. Yeah. <laughs> For the few months that we're in, Hal- we're actually in Canada in, the, in Halifax. Yeah, we've been spending our time in the summers on the south shore of Nova Scotia because there's no forest fires from out west. There's no heat waves because yeah. you're right on the water. And you're just kind of missing all of the tornadoes and hurricanes and things that tend to pop up around the middle of the country. So it just feels like a little nice isolated bucket to be in if you have to be in North America. Yeah. Choosing your location around climate change, A, is sad. B, is not easy, (laughs) right? Like there's not many locations in the world that are unaffected by climate change these days. But last two summers here, we've had you know, pretty bad smoke sitting in the yep. in the lake sort of forms like a bowl with the Sierra Mountains around it. And and then even to the point where we evacuated last summer because it was just getting a bit too close for comfort and growing up That's in right. Aussie where uh, just horrific fires and everything. I'm <laughs> There's nothing here. I've got my passport. There's nothing here I, I need to say. We're out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like we've been trying to chase this weather for the last four years or so. And we found that the summer on the north, or sorry, on the east coast of Canada between May and September is around. It's just perfect. And then between September and October, you can pretty much go anywhere. So mm. drive across Canada, go to Vancouver Island, BC, just gorgeous. And then uh, Oregon in November, December, California. Oh, yeah. January, yeah. February, March. Yeah, 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 I get it. Arizona. And then... Uh, April, May, just avoid Tornado Alley and drive back to the east coast of Nova Scotia. And uh, that's been the last couple of years for us. There you go. You got it down. You're the expert. Uh, There's no Mexico or sort of uh, LATAM in there. What is that on the cards at all? No, we're we're one of those types of people that are happy to pay for insurance. And if things go bad, I'd like to lean on insurance. So a lot of the stuff that we have insurances for don't cover Mexico. <laughs> so uh, we had a trip planned, but it came down to this really weird stipulation that if you unhooked your truck from your trailer, it would not be covered for theft. And everything else was kind of going well, but not that. So we just said, look, big truck, shiny, Probably a good target for some people if they really wanted it. So it wasn't worth the risk for us. Maybe the wheels. <laughs> this truck's no good without its wheels up on blocks, right? So, uh, so true. But you mentioned hiring. I mean, this is, I know you got a little bit, of, a little bit of a lag, but we put this new development team in place last year and it's been, I mean, it's been life-changing for us, uh, trying to learn new tools and help customers with, problems we didn't even know we could help with and with your comp sci background you kind of know all this stuff and it's probably hard to say no to a lot of projects but we're in that stage now where we're prioritizing (laughs) a huge list of of things we've identified and built and one of the ones was to try to build out a job board just for firms like typical carbon users that want to attract people with more than you know, the standard job description. So being able to search by salary range or perk or app. And if they wanted to search for, you know, all the jobs in the United States, you know, over 70 grand that use carbon and it's remote and it's part-time, 
they mm. could set up an alert and then all year long, as long as one job ticks those boxes, there's a transactional email that goes out oh, five wow. minutes later to everybody on that list. And it's, it's good. So we're just trying to help the industry out a bit and match the right people with the right, uh, right with the right firms. Is this a Trojan horse for a live CA? You get first pick of the, of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're hoping to do is let people know that firms like this exist because there's still a lot of the people that we work with that have never heard of us, have never heard of you know similar firms like us, whether it's in Canada or the US. And it's just a good reminder that what less than 10% of firms probably consider themselves extremely techy and alternative to the norm mm, and mm. can offer something really unique and there's not really It'll be the normal soon chad don't worry <laughs> yeah exactly so while we're there it helped us learn how to build a tool like a, build an app from essentially scratch and uh deal with user managements and transactional emails and public apis and all that stuff in a really quick turnaround time like inside of a couple weeks and mm. You know, this isn't meant to be a moneymaker or anything, but it is meant to say like, hey, if we're going to post a job and there's people that are looking for jobs like ours, why not give them an opportunity to do that? Yeah, we, we should plug that because I, I, I was just giving you shit. I'm sure that you don't poach the best out of the top. <laughs> uh, Anybody is, can um, visit it. Yeah. Jobs .com, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the first Aussie... Andrew from Illuminate was the first Aussie to put a job up there. So if you search for Australia on this thing, he's the only one <laughs> right now, which is pretty great. Pretty indicative of him, right? Are you trying to uh, challenge him in the beard stakes? Are you growing that out? I don't know. I did it long for a little while. This is, this is medium. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a stellar beard, but he, he also has more culture and class. He's a big whiskey guy, right? Yeah, he is. He is. But uh Terrible visuals for a podcast, but uh, I admire both beards. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't discriminate against the beards. Yeah, like this was no, nothing no, more than not. a definitely result not. of being in a trailer and just being like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to shave anymore. Oh, I can't it's, be fucked. Yeah. Let it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I can't grow one like yours, but I, I, try, I don't bother on vacation, but... Uh, Try and right. keep myself presentable and showered when I'm working. <laughs> Going back to jobs, the how long have you had that site up, and and have you seen? Are you gaining a bit of traction? Have you seen more more and more interest in in firms like yours and from the younger or older uh, part of the industry? Uh, it's been up for less than a month. It's free. It'll be free for a long time until oh, okay. you know there's yeah, there's, right. there's mass adoption there. Yeah, I mean there's there's, there's lots of firms there. that. <laughs> no, there's a few people up there, but this is this was just more to see if if there was appetite for it, and mm -hmm. there is not a ton, but there's also not a ton of advertising. So that's one of the reasons to just kind of put things out like this is just to say if if people sort of believe in the same sort of things around salary transparency and choice and you know bringing up the industry together, then this might be something that firms might want to at least throw it up and see how it works. I mean, we, we also keep all the stats on which ones get the most yeah. clicks. And uh, so far, the techie jobs are getting the most clicks. So like the onboarders and the, the tech leads and the, the things like that. Mm. Mm. Well, uh, Lockie's going to kill me. But um, if you want us to sponsor a bit of advertising and generate a bit of traffic, we'd definitely be happy to do so. Because it's we serve the same purpose, right? Like we would love 
to uh, promote tech forward firms and the jobs for which they support. So, Great. sorry, Lockie, let's give Chad Thanks, some money Lockie. and, and uh, well, give Google some money. Which, <laughs> which I don't love. Don't, don't give it to Facebook, we'll, we'll though. That's, that's my only stipulation. Promise you. I promise you. Thank you. I actually think com- you. conversations like this are the best ones. I think just where, where the right the right audiences are and they, they actually kind of want to they want to be a part of stuff like this. I, uh, somebody tagged me the other day on a problem somebody was having and uh, they just couldn't make something work. So built in in like eight minutes, sent over the uh, the Loom video on how to do it. I was like, ah, oh, this is what it kind of felt like early days, just trying to, trying to help each other out and, and work through mm. problems. And mm. it feels like the pandemic has brought a lot of us closer together again and not so much about like who's growing and who's doing what and most of it's all vanity anyway but yeah it just it does feel a little bit more collaborative in the space in the last six to 12 months and it's just nice to see again yeah yeah well i think accountants have copped it left right and center during pandemic right like you've been yeah. therapist psychologist accountant government distributor of funds late night crisis counselor <laughs> and on top of all your normal work so most haven't been paid any more to do so. And I, I think that is solidifying in the industry. I think it brings peers together. I mean, accounting has never been, you know, a traditional competitive, right? Like I've always experienced accountants sort of being quite open and friendly as peers. And I think I've seen more of that during the pandemic, sort of band together type thing. Yeah. Tax Twitter is a pretty special place, eh? Yes, <laughs> funny. I, I, I see carbon... Uh, come up on that we get the feed I, I don't I, luckily I don't get mentioned much in tax Twitter that I think that'd be peak career if I do <laughs> <laughs> it's funny what else is on your mind Chad what can I help you with well Ian and a few others are working on exposing some of those API endpoints are absolute gems in in our eyes so thank you for having such a good team there to listen and to, to, to hear us out whenever we have those questions. <laughs> I think I'm excited about uh, the next year because that you're right, that funding is going to increase the number of teams. Those number of teams are going to need to work a lot cleaner together and, and quicker together to make it really. So the infrastructure is only going to get better. And then the hope is that, if they're able to work better, you know, we're able to access the things that we're really hoping to get access to and and just make it even an easier way to use carbon alongside of all the other things that we're using. So the 2022 hopefully will be a pretty good year. Yeah, look, I mean, there's a long lag time between hiring and uh, product, but uh, I think you'll see an enormous, a massive change in the second half of the year in terms of the product available, the volume of functionality available. And uh, as I say, we love building for you and your peers and pushing the industry forward. And I do want to say, you know, how amazing your support has been over the years for Carbon. And and you're one of the first and you've, you've uh, stuck through us through thick and thin and and always been a great supporter. And, and uh, you know, we appreciate you and, and all the team at LiveCA enormously. <laughs> Thank you. However, remember how we kept saying no for years and... Remember those prices? Mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. never forget it. Ian, Ian offered up, uh, it was $5 a user. Do you remember those days? Oh, wow. Oh, God. I tried to block them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'll never forget it. But yeah, we we held off for a while, and then I'll, yeah, I'll never forget. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too expensive. Yeah. So once that came around, there's a woman named Balkis. She's in Ottawa, and oh, yeah, she ran the carbon. Well. Yeah. yeah, she ran the carbon implementation for Live CA, and still to this day is running lead on all major carbon projects. And I just can't say enough about how how thankful we are that you know she was able to carve off time from her job to do this project. I mean, it's really changed the way our firm's operated for the last half a decade. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I I think we've got shares in your RV because, uh, you know, we've enabled... Enabled that travel, save us the back corner or something for a bumper yeah. sticker, a carbon bumper sticker. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of cool, it's a good idea. We um can't uh thank you enough for your support, and um, you know, the industry can't thank you enough for your leadership and drive and inspiration. And, and congratulations on all your success at Live CA, you deserve every bit of it, and you've got a, a fantastic team, and, and we love working with you. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about you. Thank you for putting a product that fixes so many problems. And uh, we're not the only ones that believe in it. Obviously, there's there's a whole bunch of people that uh, are involved in your company and in the last raise that also super, super believe in it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for you just to be able to, to put that money to good use and to, to build what you were hoping to build. So yeah. good luck. And, and I hope you get... Yeah even half of what your your brain wants you to build because I know it's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) Chad, it's been amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Stuart. See you later. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a 1,000 free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com slash resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining, and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.